Hi, this is David Yaz at the Boston Podcast Network, hoping you are staying safe and healthy during this period of precaution over the coronavirus. It's difficult to connect with your clients and contacts in a period such as this, but here we continue to produce podcasts that allow you to connect with the people that you want to reach. You've got a rapt audience like never before. People are home, they're listening, and they're waiting to hear from you. We can create a professional podcast with a quick turnaround and do the whole thing remotely so you don't have to leave your home. Get in touch with us at pod617.com. From the Pod 617 Studios in Westwood, Massachusetts, it's the Boston Podcast with David Yaz and a rotating cast of characters from Pod 617, the Boston Podcast Network. This is our f***ing city. Hello everyone out there, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, all the ships at sea, lovers, muggers, thieves, welcome to the Boston Podcast. We're alive, people. We're alive. Not actually, if I... Come clean, not actually recording from our Westwood studios where pod617.com makes its home, but from my humble little uh, home studio. But uh, my guest, Melissa Raiden Goldstone, was just, did I pronounce your name right? Perfectly. Oh, okay. Awesome. It doesn't look like that, but yeah. Off to to a good start. We need every bit of good news and good little perks that we can come up with these days. But my... uh, I have my guest fooled. She looked at me on the Zoom call and said, oh, you're in your studio. I could have gone with that, but, you know, I shall not tell a lie. So Melissa is an expert in marketing communications, branding, all this sort of stuff. But one of the great reasons we have her here today is to ponder the question, what's happening with nonprofits? Melissa works with a lot of nonprofits. And I find it intriguing to think about how nonprofits are faring during this this fun we're having in the quarantine and whether they're in dire trouble. I sit on the board myself of uh, Easter Seals, I should mention to you, Melissa. And um, we've been in, they've uh, been very good. Paul Medeiros, the president in, in communicating kind of what's going on. They've had to tighten their belts as many have. So we're going to talk about that. Um, We're going to talk about just how we're all doing and then, but there's good news in every edition of the Boston podcast. And, in a segment later in the show called Good Stuff, uh, Melissa's going to teach us all how to cut our hair at home. Not exactly, but share her experiences because apparently in your house, there's, um, there's, in, there's, there's some challenges going on with the hairstyles. Okay. Well, your hair looks lovely this morning. Thank you. DIYing it. <laughs> Di- DIYing it. So first off, as, as I ask everybody, how are you holding up? I would say I live across from a park and I have two giant dogs. And so that's been helpful and out and about. People are out. I mean, they're six feet from each other, but they are out. You yeah, can't walk around the lake or the reservoir without like really trying to move yourself so you don't get too close. Well, yeah, I, I had heard that some parks had started to close and yeah, that, yeah. that is t- tragic. It's like, what do we have left? But I recently heard that in, in, in my backyard, Borderlands State Park and Sharon is, is still open, which is good because it's just wide open spaces. I really think we all want to be safe and take precautions, but jeesh. I don't think we have to stay an acre away from everyone. So you're able right. to get out. So I get out across the street. I'm homeschooling my older high schoolers and my little one um, who's at a private school is like locked down with her school from 830 to three every day. So mm-hmm. that's not so bad. But the big high schoolers are much more slippery. So my high schooler just this week or last week learned he got into a couple of really good schools. Uh, oh, 
Liam and Mary and the and Lafayette and the UMass and Honors College. That's amazing. Yeah, so I don't know if that has a hand in his behavior now, which is really just kind of uh, enjoying it and playing video games with his friends virtually, of course. Yeah. But um, it, my kids are funny. I have a son with autism who we brought home from the Cardinal Cushing School because, um, you know, they're burdened and we can take care of them. And we thought that was going to be a disaster because he doesn't like to get out of his element. But sure. he's doing fine. My kids they seemingly don't care. I, I hate <laughs> They don't watch the news. They're, they're yeah, fine. Exactly. It's like a regular Saturday. That's right. By the That's way, right. Melissa's company is Freestyle Strategy. You can learn more at Freestyle, free, free, it's hard to say, freestylestrategy.com. Right. Thank you. Yeah. Go there to find all the info. But yeah. Um, yeah, let's talk about when this first started. And, you know, I take it you're constantly communicating with your nonprofits that are your clients that you advise. Were they panicky? Were they? Yes. Okay. So tell me about that. You know, it's funny. Looking back now, like two weeks before this really shut down, people were on it. Like people were saying, this thing is coming like a freight freight train. And then when it arrived, everyone was like, oh my God, it's here. But everyone knew. I mean, there were lots of conference calls about, you know, peer to peer fundraising and like, we can't, are we, are we going to be able to hold this event? And like lots of thinking around that. So that was great. I work with a lot of national nonprofits, um, so the scale of events is pretty significant. Um, and so once it, and so I would say once it sort of hit, I think the biggest advice I've been giving to my clients is don't go dark. That yep. it is going to be really hard to turn the lights back on if you just kind of feel like oh, I shouldn't be talking to my corporate partners, I shouldn't be talking to my constituents. I don't have a cause that's really relevant right now. I'm not a food pantry. I'm not a school. I'm not an emergency relief. And so my advice is, but you have, you know, this is the time you still have needs. Like you have a mission now more than ever Mm -hmm. Um, because the funding certainly will, is certainly, I would say robust for emergency relief right now. Lots of big corporations have emergency relief funds, but for the nonprofits in the health field that don't feel, you know, like a a chronic disease that nobody's really thinking about right now um, is still impacting their constituent base. So how do you get creative with short-term ideas? Right. So when it comes to that, I take it, you know, you can advise them, reach out to your constituents, your board, your donors and all that. How do you do it? Because we're getting so many emails now and I don't want to be cynical, but everyone's trying to be more sympathetic than the next, right? <laughs> if you notice, right. if you notice, I just noticed TV ads. I was, I was watching um, a DVR episode of uh, Stephen Colbert's show, which I think he That's took. Fun. He, he, yeah, what's that? That's fun. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a great show, and I remember watching the first show he did without an audience. And I think he just took a couple weeks off, but he came back from his uh, living room or something. He patched in John Oliver. He had his kid working a camera, and you know, good for him for doing that. But I noticed that the all the ads on TV, whether it was Hyundai or Progressive Insurance or whatever, they all have new ads talking about these uncertain times. And which is nice and it's great. It's just, it's just a little bit, it feels like everyone needs to jump on that bandwagon. So how do you advise your clients? How do you not fatigue them? So I say, first of all, just be honest, like half of even these big national nonprofits or even whatever, any nonprofit, small or big, you are probably not as prepared as you would like to have been. Right. Because this is like from a sci-fi movie every day I wake up, maybe April fools, they'll say, just kidding. This was just a test run. 
you yeah. guys failed. Um, I, shudder, but, I shudder to think what the April Fool's Day pranks are going to be because someone will be brave enough to do some pranks and yeah. maybe, like, you know, someone will come out with a press release saying this was all just a big joke, you know, right. the onion. Yeah. You're, you're all punked. Ashton Kutcher has been standing behind the curtain just uh, fooling us this whole time. Now, right. Uh, well, I'm actually glad to hear the, that you're seeing more commercials that are more relevant because a couple of days ago I was running to CNN, which is really not good for you. Literally, you watch CNN <laughs> get off the treadmill and you just want to kill yourself. Exactly. Sucks after you, sorry, after you've run because yeah. you're like, that's the worst. Finishing the run is always the best part. So to put yourself through that pain shows you're just the kind of person I am. Anyway, and I, all the ads were wrong. You know what I mean? Like they were not, they hadn't taken them off of the rotation. I saw a Facebook ad yesterday for uh, t-shirts. The t-shirts they were selling said free hugs on them. <laughs> right. Not, not the best timing. I have a feeling somebody reposted that around and the company that puts it out was like, no, we didn't do, like, we're not doing that anymore. Right. But anyway. Right. So like a build on that could be free virtual hugs. Yeah. And every time you click on this, you get that. And right. so how do we send more hugs across the globe? Right. Um, so I say, tell them the truth. Tell them the truth that you have, you know, we're, we're, we're working it. Like a lot of these nonprofits, especially the smaller ones, are sort of in this triage mode where they are just like shell-shocked. Everyone's working from home. You know, it's not organized. And in the next kind of probably, I don't know if I had to think about a timeline, oh, 90 days or so, there's going to be, or, you know, even, even in a year, there'll be layoffs, like things are going to contract. There's no question, whether it's a short term or long term situation, we are going to head into a recession, like there's no way we can, we can band, you know, march through this and come out the next quarter any better than we were. But the good news, I think this is really good news. So two things I'm going to share with you that inspired me recently. Cool. Uh, Not that I spent all my time on CNN, I don't. But I happened to catch um, an opinion piece by this Um, physicist from Dartmouth, super smart guy, who just wrote this beautiful piece and said, the year 2020, I'm going to quote, now let me put this in quotes, quote, the year 2020 will be remembered as a turnaround point in human history, not just because many people will die, but because COVID-19 pandemic is offering us a chance to reinvent ourselves and basically galvanize action and embrace that we have to come together to survive, that we're fragile despite our capacity to create and that we are going to stop these tribal divisions and basically work as a human hive towards good. So I was like, I mean, I'm a cause person. So I'm like, oh my God, that's so beautiful. But I would say it translates to facts that after crises, that historical crises like September 11th and World War II, they did trigger an increase in personal giving. And that during recessions, corporate and foundation giving increases by millions. I think it's like 700 million, something crazy, not big. So there's going to be another side to this. So you just have to say, you know, maybe now is not the time to be like trying to build a new audience, but you should engage the audience you have and communicate with them and tell them the truth and be honest and transparent. And maybe you're going to say, we don't, we didn't normally, um, talk to you guys so much, but we're going to be sharing a little more. Here's how, here's our critical need. Be very clear. Here's what we're focused on today. Mm-hmm. And don't overwhelm them with like, oh, our golf tournament for October. Here's what we're <laughs> thinking about. Nobody cares. Yeah. You know? So that's yeah. what I tell them. 
So, yeah. So the, yeah, that's the thing about nobody wants to be thinking about a golf tournament. Like if you tell people we're indefinitely postponing the golf tournament, people are going to be like, well, no kidding. Right. Like yeah. it, we're canceling everything. Right. But the world there, is canceled. The world is canceled. So it's, it's certainly for, for April. Um, so, but is there a way for nonprofits to shift, pivot, what have you? Yeah. If, if they, what you, what you said earlier, I think was some nonprofits, they are actually helping some of the current needs going on right now. And then yes. some aren't, yeah. if they, if, if they aren't, should they pivot and should they say in light of what's going on, we've decided to do X, Y, Z? Um, no, not if it's not in their mission. Okay. I don't think so. I mean, okay. their mission could be broad. Right. So there might be a, maybe they're starting to make masks or, you know, I just think that gets confusing to people and that's not their mission. And so they got to, you got to stick to your mission. I wouldn't pivot that much. I could pivot a little like my virtual high five or hug thing, like somehow wrap into the context of what the remedy for Corona is right now, which Mm -hmm. is distancing. And how can you get creative about using your mission and distancing to come out with a critical need that makes sense? Like your big donors aren't going to, you know, the other thing I spent a lot of time with um, on finding prospecting corporate partners a lot of them on the brand side, which is different than foundations because foundations, like let's just take FedEx. Mm -hmm. They have a foundation and they have a brand side, a marketing side. The foundation side writes huge grants, beautiful big grants to issues they care about. Right. Um, And then the marketing side may work with a nonprofit, but they want to activate that. They want to sell more FedEx. They want to create brand equity. They're, They're looking at an ROI number. And a lot of the companies that I work with work on the brand side. So they're a lot, all of their recurring revenue, most likely with a big nonprofit like that, is going to come from a partner they already have. Right. right? So they probably have, some of these people have funds earmarked, but maybe they're going to shift them. They're going to say, we have a little less money and we know we were going to spend it here. But they probably still have some funds earmarked. So you need to be, be thinking creatively. What's the best way to use that money to help the brand and help the nonprofit? Well, let me raise my hand. Oh, no one can see that. It's a podcast, but um, you and I can see. Um, I mean, wouldn't, maybe I'm Captain Obvious here, wouldn't for a company like FedEx, wouldn't it be time for them to step up and say in light of these uncertain times, which is not a cliche yet, but so I'm going to use it while I can. um, We have decided to offer, uh, you know, free shipments for certain yeah, vital, vital needs and right. and broadcast that. I don't I don't right. see any shame in that. Do you? No, no, that's fine. And they prob- they might pick a new nonprofit partner they hadn't worked with before, who's in that critical space. I mean, if you're in that critical space, your time is now. Mm-hmm. You know, you you can be aggressively out there with those kind of suggestions because if they're not looking for you, you can tell them about you. Mm-hmm. There, everyone is in cri- just as the nonprofits are in the crisis mode, the companies are in crisis mode. So there's opportunity there. It's like Katrina, emergency relief. Right. It's like this is like a disaster. This is a disaster. You tell me. The- <laughs> during, I know it's really all bad. Our, all of our listeners are looking at their waning supply of toilet paper and saying, "You're damn right, it's a disaster." It's so funny this toilet paper thing. My yeah. husband just said to me, "When you're at, I, forget, I had to, oh, I got a mop. I really was into. I need with the dogs." Yeah. I got this mop, this oyster mop, sorry for the plug, with a spin bucket. I have huh. been mopping up a storm. 
And yeah. anyway, he goes, get some toilet paper. I said, my husband's name is David. We have 60 rolls of toilet paper. <laughs> really. 60 rolls. We do not need any more toilet paper. But everyone's wanting the toilet paper. Yeah, I have no idea how that's... Isn't that a funny phenomenon, though, when you, when you think about it? I mean, people are prone to panic. We know that. But why did they panic for that particular item? It seems odd. It, I mean, why not like soap? I mean, you right, know? And, and, yeah, and not to be, you know, super creative on this, but I spent... You know, I did an outward bound at 16 and I spent three days on an island. You don't need toilet paper. No, there's plenty of other no, things. No, there's plenty of seaweed. Just <laughs> the beach. Someone posted on uh, Facebook, are, are flour tortillas flushable? And I just... Oh, <laughs> come on. Those are compostable. Oh, not with poop on Not with poop on them. Sorry. You can't compost any poop. You know, yeah, the, the, the toilet paper thing is definitely uh, strange. Um and it's just when there's a run on these things, it's it, people just kind of lose their minds, I guess. I don't know. But um, there's lots written on that. We don't I don't know. You and I are not the experts on toilet paper. Google that, people. <laughs> we can't we can't take it all on. We can't tell you what the deal is with toilet paper. Yeah. I mean, if, yeah, this is one of these things that it's true. If you had told if the 2020 version of yourself was talking to the version of yourself from a few years ago and said, everything's going to go to crap. We're, we're all going to be scrounging over toilet paper for some reason. And the only thing that lifts our hopes is this documentary called Lion King about this uh, strange, strange guy who may or may not be a murderer and arsonist and everything. It's like, what? What's going on? I, mean, I, I have been terrible at predicting these things. I, I mean, someone told me about, you know, three or maybe even four weeks ago, they were going to the supermarket to kind of stock up on stuff. And I said, do you really think it's going to get to a point where we really have to completely stay in our houses the whole time? Right. And That's now crazy. here we are. So I give up. I, I give know. Up with the I what's know. Get you canceled just, next. Yeah. So you, um, as part of your job, you certainly advise your nonprofits. I, I take it on, uh, it's primarily the best way to brand themselves, but, a, a, but a lot of the, I take it you've been to a zillion board meetings and contributed to board meetings and yeah. their internal. I don't know if you advise them on that, but I take it these nonprofits should continue to keep top of mind and keep having those meetings online. Yeah. Oh, and you know who our friend Nanette Friedman, Friedman. Yes, you can shout shout out to Nanette, of course, who's been Nanette's on the show doing before. doing a ton. Actually, this week, um, a whole bunch of Zoom calls with board chairs to t- to keep it going. I was sat on yeah. a couple. She's doing doing a weekly. Um, Friday one that's more open to nonprofit professionals that I'm going to do, I think it's April 10th on this kind of thing. So it might be a little repetitive to you guys, but, um, but basically absolutely continue with your boards. You have to be able to manage during your crisis. And also the boards just kind of, if we want to tether over to fundraising, they have relationships as well. So like, why can't they be calling and checking in? I think you have to be authentic and not like, Oh, you know, check in, generally check in. Nanette, somebody on one of Nanette's calls last Friday said um, what they did was they sent, I think this was someone in development, sent a bottle of wine Mm -hmm. to one of their board members and a glass and then set up a time to have like, you know, a drink conversation about just one-on-one about like, you know, this was a board chair of what they're doing and advice for them. But I mean, what we're learning, I think, as a as a culture, is a lot can be done online. For sure, yeah. I mean, and, not, and not quite as well, but in the past, 
the, the, the Zoom shouldn't be getting so much free publicity. There are other platforms out there, but Zoom seems to be the most popular right now. Wish I bought stock in Zoom about uh, three months ago. Yeah. Um, and I, I think yourself was not paying attention to the market. The video call or conference call has always been a part of the, you know, the corporate world. And for the most part, I wouldn't say a beloved part of the corporate world. I think no. most people would say we'd much rather meet in person. Now, like you say, it's time to get creative. I love that that idea of sending someone a bottle of wine and saying, you know, on you know seven o'clock Thursday, we're gonna right or coffee, yeah, yeah, yeah. A coffee mug. There you go. Yeah, just like I talk had, about it. I yeah. had a, I had a get together with some of my fraternity brothers. This is this is our oh god, I'm old. Thirtieth college reunion. That um, it, now are you sitting down? You're going to be shocked. I'm it sitting was, down. It was canceled. It was canceled. Oh. Yeah, it was it was due to happen in right. May and it's already been canceled, but it, it prompted us to just start chit chatting on email and we got 15 people six no six, 16 people. Cause I'm picturing the blocks, you know, four by four on my yeah. screen. Hollywood squares. Right. On a video call. And we did sort of a traditional, you know, um, raise a glass ceremony for about an hour and shot the breeze, told old stories and okay. So it wasn't the real thing, but it was um, a blast. And actually, it was the first time we had gotten together virtual or, or otherwise for years and years. Yeah. And so that, that, um, there are certainly things you can do to get creative, for sure. Yeah. Now, now I've got a question for you. Here's this yeah. we're brainstorm here and maybe um, give another boost to the, your nonprofit world. Would it be possible to do some? What kind of... Ver- let me... Just because I love hearing myself talk, I'll preface this a little further. I was... <laughs> right. I was I had a, a friend of mine who got colon cancer a number of months ago, and I think he's going to be fine, which is good news, but he was um, a friend of mine from summer camp, and we found this this 5K walk slash run in D.C. where he lives, which was supposed to be this past weekend, of course, canceled. Wow. We, raised, we raised a ton of money. There was a ton of activity on email, and what they did was they did... Um, uh, Facebook live event where they just kind of saluted all the, the people and the participation was by way of just like the comments in the, on the Facebook page. Mm-hmm. What I'm getting at is if they knew beforehand that the 5k walk run was completely out, could they have done something virtually that could be engaging, inspiring? Do you see where I'm going with this? Yeah. Like a dance party, virtual dance party or something right. like that. Now yeah, I mean a lot. A lot of those events are really expensive to put on. That's right. And this, you were gonna? Were you gonna go to that event? Were you gonna fly yeah. to that event? Yeah. yeah. I was on and, the verge of booking my flight when things started getting dicey. So you are a last minute guy because I would have had that book six. <laughs> I know. Now I have to like call all my places and say, "Can I have a refund?" And they're like, yeah. "No, you have credit." And I'm like, "Okay, thanks for working." Yeah. But anyway, so that those events, it's the same thing like with um, a gala. Mm-hmm. Like the people that go to your galas go to a lot of other galas and there's like a gala season, right? So they're not really interested in more chicken or fish. They just, they want to see their friends. They want to be, they probably want to be seen, you know, there if it's a, depending on, you know, how um, just sort of the influencers that are there, they want to be there. Right. But there's so many of them that, and they spend so much money on them. Right. And people who are, going to the galas don't really want to go to another gala sometimes. So like, well, how do we get creative about having these virtual events? But they are very staid right now. Like they're not dynamic. So hopefully technology, like in this disaster, new, you know, 
humans are so creative. What's going to be this new house party thing? Well, the scary thing is even if like, I still don't understand who's supposed to do the, the all clear, who makes the announcement that it's all clear to come out of your houses because we're many people are not listening to our commander in chief right. <laughs> for many reasons. Um, I mean, I don't know if somehow, I guess we all knew when to hunker down, but well, they closed the schools. I feel like when they closed the schools, it was like, yep. we have to hunker down. Our kids are going to be home. It yep. was all like an organic process. As soon as the school shut, didn't you, don't you feel like it kind of all shifted? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Well that, and then within a matter of days or, uh, governor Baker here in Massachusetts, he, you know, he declared a, a stay at home for non-essential businesses. So that right. was kind of it. So I guess that's our answer. When the when the schools now the schools may not reopen the season, so that begs the question. Well, he'll say right, a non-essential businesses. I guess I don't know. I guess there'll be a grant. There'll be an opening day for America. <laughs> what will yeah. that look like? That well, that's the that's day when be we crazy right. We, we walk out of our houses and extend our arms like Timothy Robbins and Shawshank Redemption and look to the skies and say, thank you. Hopefully it'll right. be raining. You but, know. Right. But back to your question around like how, how, you know, is that an opportunity? I would say right. to, to say, yes, we're going to have these virtual uh, events and yeah. you know, you're going to run your 5k in Sharon and your best buddy in DC or wherever they are, is going to run their 5K. And those things had already been happening, but they were more fringe. Mm-hmm. And I think more peer-to-peer fundraising where you're really, you know, igniting your network. Mm-hmm. There are these online platforms. You can just, you know, you upload your stuff and you pay them a year subscription and it's a beautiful website. And boom, if you can get movement, you can raise a ton of money. So I think it's like personal donations for causes that people are already passionate about. Like, I don't know how well I get a lot of emails like pan mass challenge, the Alzheimer's ride. Like my friends are so such do gooders. I can get an email from, you know, once a month from somebody doing something. And I think those are going to get more focused. So the people that really are passionate about that one cause are going to find ways to virtually connect with their people and make, you know, focused money for that cause. There are certain things that you can't replicate the the magic of, like, for example, um, you know, a baseball game or a basketball game, because unless the players can play without a crowd, which was a suggestion at first, then that was scrapped. That's, there's no way to virtually pass a basketball to one another, but <laughs> you can, you could still do a, a version of a gala event with awards and speeches, you know? Yeah, watch party. And, yeah. Yeah. Watch party with the, with the same level of scripting and like, you know, for a lot of the, the nonprofit events that I attend, the highlight is usually some inspirational video. It's very manipulative, but it usually works, you know, some tug yeah. at your heart. Oh, sure, 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 sure. But you could still do that. And then you could yeah. have somebody say a few words and then you switch right. over to this person with, I participated in a networking group where the, the person running it was trying to replicate a schmooze session. And so, for like the first few minutes, they put people in mini rooms with two other people. It was a nice try. I didn't like it because the people I got matched up like with. Like speed were, dating? Yeah, sort of. Which, but, you know, at the, these, if these networking events were in real life, a decent portion of it would be just grabbing a cup of coffee and talking to people. And the only problem is like in real life, you go over to the people you kind of want to talk to. And like, if you get matched up randomly with a couple of people, you might be like, hmm. But anyway, but then he had a formal part of it as well. 
So there are some things you can replicate. I just set up a virtual card game with some old buddies on Thursday night. I will let you know how it works. It's going to be weird. Are you weird. doing any live betting? Or that's probably illegal to talk about on the radio. Yeah, I'm, I'm not allowed to we talk about that. No, no, we could. No, we could, No, we thought about that. If we want, You raise money for a cause. Uh, okay. Oh, look at you. Always be selling. No, um, <laughs> that's, but that's, but that, but yes. Okay. So now see, you're getting back around to my idea. There's oh, yeah, no reason why you can't have a virtual casino night right. with, with a little bit of uh, app development probably, or maybe these yeah. things already exist. I don't know. You put people in a, a, we know that virtual, you know, online poker games have existed forever. So set it up. So it's for charity. Right. So you're in a, you're in a room with, right. you know, people, you know, maybe people you don't know and you play for a while and you raise some money. So I think it's like the metaphor of like when, when I was little, like growing up in the, well, I'm old, but like in the seventies, you know, there was like, I remember driving around in a big station wagon. There were no seatbelts. I don't remember the air conditioning being on. It was like <laughs> wild days. Right. And yep. now we're driving around. Our kids are buckled in. There's a seat belt in the back. It's air conditioned. It's like technology is going to move from that station wagon to our air conditioned cars with the booster seat built in. And yep. with that are going to come all these interesting opportunities for nonprofits and corporations to find ways to sort of get it done. So like when we walk into a house, maybe there'll be a much bigger screen. Like mm -hmm. it, it's sort of like we're in this, it's, I always say this, like I imagine in the wild West when they first were like, there's gold in California. And we got in our wagons and we drove out there. And then Levi's was the one who said, we're not going to dig for gold. We're going to sell them jeans. We have this opportunity to think about how to sell jeans in this new economy. Like before this, historically, I always, I'm such like a virtual entrepreneur. I'd be like, oh, it's just like everything's been thought of. Shoot. Now here we are today in this wide open space to say, how can we, for the greater good, if, you know, in, in our social do-gooder space, and I think on a, I'm like a cause capitalist. I'm always trying to make more money for the nonprofit and make more money for the corporation because the more money the corporation makes, the more money you can give to the nonprofit. So like in that spirit, amazing things are going to happen. Yeah. And yeah. It's, it's like, I think you're, you said, well, what did you said something about a big screen, right? Like, right. So how, how are we going, how are our house is going to look like? What, what are the needs going to be? What are going to be the remedies? Because we will not stand for this. We will not have, just say, okay, fine. We are going to evolve like crazy to make this work. I think uh, you're absolutely, you're a genius because I had this idea a few years ago and I keep telling people that it's going to happen, but the technology hasn't quite caught up to it. The, so technology, we know technology exists. And like, if you go to like an Apple store, they have this enormous TV monitor or whatever. I love that, is, that, right. Right? So, right. Now, if you hook that up to someone else's uh, camera in someone else's living room and you had one in your living room with the, with the technology being you know, super advanced, it would almost seem like you're in the same room with that person. Yeah. Right? Like virtual, uh, augmented reality. Right. right. Or, or, yeah. or with the goggles. Like I've, I've played around with one of those Oculus things and they have virtual like picnics where you can go and you, you see now you don't see the people you see their avatar, like little blue people like walking around, but you can walk up to a person and it's an actual person who's sitting at home looking at your avatar and you can have a conversation with them. But I've seen this before. A friend of mine worked at a bank and showed, he said, you want to see the Star Wars room? And this was like 10 years ago. They already had this. I'm like, what's the Star Wars room? He's like, it's, well, it's used for video, you know, video conference calls. And I said, oh, well, I've seen that before. He's like, no, you haven't seen this. So you went in and the screen 
was shaped like a, an extremely long rectangle. So picture sitting down at a table, but there are only people sitting on one side of a long table, say maybe a half dozen people. On the other side of the table, there's this enormous, you know, how do I describe this? I, I need to get better at this in a virtual world. It's a rectangle, but it's super long and not high, right? So, and he turned it on and I saw this other conference room in like Dallas or wherever. Like a hologram? Like a- no, no, it was, it was a TV screen, but it was so crystal clear, high def mm-hmm. and so sort of close to you that it felt like that was part of the room you were in. Yeah, right. And so when they had a conference call and six people sitting here, six people sitting there, it was, um, and we know that, you know, Zoom is terrific. We love what you're doing, Zoom, but it's not quite that, right? I mean, yeah. it's, 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 you know, it's, we look at a bunch of squares on a screen like we're watching an old episode of the Brady Bunch and yeah. it's, and sometimes the audio wasn't perfect, but we're going to get to that day, I think, where we're going to have like, not just a, a virtual like wall, like a wall in our room that can transmit. Right. Can, yeah. can you imagine attending a wedding like that? Or so, like, I think about yeah. the causes, like, let's say I have a cause and I'm trying to help little like education in Uganda. Yeah. Like this is what argument, augmented reality would do for you. It would put the donor in that experience and be yeah. like, oh my God, this guy needs a, a ball and shoes and water and an education. And you, you really get this emotional, you know, burst that you don't get from just explaining about it or watching a video reel that, you know, so that that's sort of like the tragedy of all this will improve us yeah. that way. And I think it'll be, especially like corporate, corporate giving now and nonprofit fundraising is going to change dramatically in the next two years. Mm-hmm. Dramatically. It will not look like it looks today. Yeah. So that's, this whole, like, we have to be in this innovative, it's okay to make mistakes, we have to test it, we have to learn from it, we need to adjust, we need to be nimble, we need to pivot, we need to, everyone has a good idea, collaboration. Those are going to be the hallmarks of what this tragedy did to us. Yeah, yeah. And sorry to harp on the technology end, but I, I'm just sitting here thinking, why aren't the, everybody's got a flat screen TV these days because they, they come cheap, let's face it. And they're all pretty much coming out now with smart TV. So you can instantly go to Netflix and Hulu and wherever you yeah. want to go. Why? I bet they're kicking themselves that they didn't sell a, a camera for an additional like 150 bucks. Right, right. Because, you know, if you took the time, you know, we're talking by Zoom right now. If I, you know, for some reason wanted to, I could take the time to hook this up to my TV, but it's a pain in the neck. If they, if they, right. they I, I wonder if that will be a thing going forward that now buy the TV that has the camera. So you hit a button and you're instantly looking at someone else in their living room right. and maybe right. watching a show together. Right. Anyway. Right. All that stuff uh, to come, I predict. So, um, yeah. up again, what's that? You're a futurist. <laughs> I just like to think about He's this. He's evolving <laughs> from the podcast to a futurist. <laughs> David well, that, yeah, sure. Let's launch a new podcast. It's the <laughs> futurist Claire podcast. Isn't that that, what we've always thought? Okay. Yes. I am clairvoyant, but you Could. can call me Dave. Cool. All right, so we um, we move on here. We're up against the clock a little bit, but okay, I promise. Sorry. I prom- No, no, you're great. This is what a podcast is. It's supposed to have parentheses and you know paths not taken. But we are. I promised everyone we would play an edition of Good Stuff. So let's do that now. Oh, that's the good stuff. Usually for good stuff, we recommend like a TV show or a, or a restaurant or something good. Mm-hmm. But Melissa had a great idea 
And uh, oh, by the way, I just want to keep reminding people because Melissa's awesome and she's really kind to join us as our guest today. Melissa Raiden Goldstone, founder and principal of Freestyle Strategy. Find all her info at freestylestrategy.com. Um, you had a great idea about a, a tip or, or maybe just a discussion of what's going on in your house. Right. How are we dealing right. with cutting our right. hair? Well, right. well, I have three daughters. Oh, two, I know. God bless you. Yeah. 13, 15, and 17. <laughs> and I have two big dogs that are matted and I have a two cats. It's like a circus. Mm-hmm. Here. So anyway, so one of the big issues here is hair. Everyone's got hair, right? Yeah. So my 13 year old last night, now why she's not asleep at 10 o'clock at night is beyond me. Mm-hmm. But at 10 o'clock at night or 945, she goes to me, I'm going to cut my hair. I said, right now? She's like, yeah, I'm going to cut my hair. So um, I knew she wanted to cut her own hair because she told me about three days ago. So I ordered from Target because Amazon was delayed in their shipping for hair cutting scissors because I felt like you can't just cut your hair with like regular scissors. Maybe you can, but I would not recommend that. Yeah. So for $5 yeah. from Target, mm-hmm. I got a pair of scissors. Those are the only ones available. Mm-hmm. And I actually got them yesterday. So this is probably what prompted her. So she, um, so my, my tip is to YouTube how to cut your own hair, basically. And there are tons of videos out there. So at 9.46, Lily and I YouTubed it. And she goes, oh, I'm not going to do it that way. Which I'm like, why not? That sounds like mm-hmm. a great way to do it. You know, you ponytail it. You Really, in, in like six minutes, I'm like, why do we even go to the hair cutter? Yeah. <laughs> so then Lily goes, I said, now, where are you going to cut it? Because I don't want hair everywhere. Or you have hair everywhere. She cut it in the, her, the bathroom sink. And she like separated her hair into two ponytails and trimmed it and whatever. And it looks actually looks great. So she's happy with it. it. And my husband is, we're going to YouTube, I think tonight, how to cut his hair step Mm -hmm. by step. Um, And then on Friday, whenever my blades come, I'm going to shear my golden doodle. (laughs) I researched all these shearers. There's lots of shearers. Um, And then it occurred to me that because my daughter, other daughter has a horse. I was like, can you bring home your horse clippers? Mm. And I will switch the blade out because it matters. Okay. Golden doodle hair is different than horse hair. Horse hair. And we're going to shave our matted golden doodles. Mm. So I'm going to do, I'll do a before and after for that and try to post that. Keep us updated, so please. Cut your own hair, people. That's my <laughs> good advice for the day. It's easy. And if it doesn't work out, it grows back. And plus, no one's really seeing you. Yeah. <laughs> Right. <laughs> You've got, this is a good time to clean out your Experiment. closet and, and clean out your closet and find all the, the hats and if need be wigs that you had stored back there and just go with that for a while. Right. My oh, hair is, I, I typically wear my hair in just like a crew cut and get, and it, of course I picked like the last couple of months to let it grow out a little bit. Now oh, who knows, no. but in a pinch I can always just shave the whole thing down. So, but that's. Have that's a, do you have like a barber? like zzz, Yeah. One of those, the clippers. You do? Of course. Oh yeah. I have one of those. Yeah. You're boy, I so you probably need that. I don't have that. You know, you never know when you're going to have to, you know, let go of all the hair and just start over. It's what life anyway, is. Anyway, so all that's about. it. And that's, I, that's yeah, so that's my good advice. Is that's, you your good, that, that's your good stuff for the day. My, my good stuff is just a pretty simple tip that if you're on a Zoom call, everything is about the Zoom call these days. Don't underestimate the power of sharing your screen. Now, you Zoom experts, you already know about this, but many may not. And so what I did recently was, it was my brother's birthday. He's in San Francisco. And so we arranged a Zoom call to celebrate his birthday. But in advance of that, I had told everyone, send me a little video clip of you 
singing. I had, so what I did was I selected a song that I know was going to make him cry and laugh. And it was hello again by Neil Diamond, which if you listen, it's a sappy song, of course, we know it. If you listen to the lyrics, it says, you know, you, um, I'm here alone and you're there at home. And so it kind of spoke to the moment, right? Everybody's at home. But everyone, all my cousins and my parents and aunts and uncles, they sent me brief clips of them singing little bits of this song. So we had this compilation of a lip dub video. So when, we, when I got everybody on the Zoom call, he didn't realize I had prepared this. And I'm like, well, take a listen. We've prepared this for you. And so just when you do that, hit share screen. And then there's a little button at the bottom that says share computer, computer audio if you want to show a video so people can hear it. And... Uh, he, well, he, he, I noticed, and then you could see his reaction in the little square. Right. Yeah. And after about 20 seconds, he put his head down. He's, he's a, he's an old softie, my brother. So I know he was crying at one point he Aww. got up for, he got up from his chair cause he couldn't take it, but he loved it. He loved it. So, and um, you know, Netflix is advertising these watch parties. It's like, Hey, if you can't, you want to be with a friend, a loved one, and there's a show that you share, you know, you go to Netflix and you find how to do that if you just use the share thing with zoom, you can watch a TV show together. You know, people, you know how to do this, right? You stream stuff on Netflix right on your computer. Yeah, if you don't know, ask your kids cause they've been doing it yeah, this whole time. Exactly. They'll know it. Yeah. So I'm going to, you know, get together, get together virtually with people and you know, you get your popcorn and then you watch a show and then you can kind of, you know, see each other. And it's almost like you're sitting on the couch together. Right. It's not, not quite the right. same. Right. We're going to be so much busier. We're going to have to start getting up earlier to get all this done. <laughs> Now you're going to be watching with your friends, you know, like you yeah. we're going to become together. Well, that's, gonna... that's a phenomenon I've noticed. Like right now for the first couple of weeks of this, people are like, are you, are you open for a conference call? And most people are like, well, yeah, of course I'm open all day. What am I doing? That's right. going to change. I think the next few weeks, people's schedules are going to start to fill up with these calls. Right. I feel like yeah. I'm busy, but I, but the homeschooling adds to that. But I'm just saying like, I definitely have to get up earlier. I'm not, or I get the day goes by and I'm like, I got nothing done. Yeah, it, the days, the, 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 in a way, it seems like this has been happening for a year, but in another way, the days seem to go by quicker than you think. Because That's because you're getting older, David. <laughs> there's no doubt. It's true. They say there's when no you're doubt. little, when, no, when your kids are little, the day feels like a year. And when your kids are older or when you're older, the day, the year feels like a day. Well, Time moves fast. Yeah, we'll I mean, I feel like I'm, I'm just as old. I'm I feel like old. I've aged about uh, ten years, <laughs> in ten days. In three yeah. Weeks. yeah. All right. Cool. So, Melissa, you are you are awesome for joining us today. I hope you had fun. My pleasure. What an honor. Yes, and uh, once once more, Melissa Raiden Goldstone. You can find a freestylestrategy.com. If you like this podcast, please share it with a friend. Lord knows people need things to listen to and to binge. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Leave us a review. If you want your own podcast, we are producing them actually more frequently than ever. If you can believe it, we do everything remotely. We'll send you a free USB microphone. If you want to get started and produce a podcast with us, your audience is at home. They are waiting for to hear from you. They are a captive audience, almost literally, sadly. I hope you're all hanging in there. Um, Melissa, good luck with the homeschooling and the haircuts. Thank you. <laughs> I don't think you need luck. I think you're, you're killing it over there. And uh, thanks for listening to the Boston Podcast. On behalf of Melissa, my name is Dave. I'm just a guy from Boston. But if you're not from Boston, you must be the other guy. Enjoy the day, everybody. Try to. 